This episode of No Made Athlete Radio is brought to you by our very own Compliment Plus, the perfect complement to a plant-based diet with just the hard-to-get nutrients and nothing else. Learn more at lovecomplement.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save $10 off your first order, plus access our brand new meal plan and coaching app. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Going pretty well, Doug. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. One day belated. The big 3-6. Is that right? You just turned 3-6? So you're five years younger than me. I think you were four years old this time. I think that's right. Yeah. 86. Yeah. 36. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Did the math. It worked. It worked out. Yep. Um, uh, before we get started, I have a couple shout-outs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. The first one is, uh, is, is to my uh, cousin-in-law, Okay. Breck. <laughs> and we're not trying to do too many, too many family shout-outs, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this, one, this one is important. He's been a loyal listener for a long time, and he, is, he until very recently, has uh, not been plant-based at all. In fact, he... Uh, was very just very not plant based, <laughs> but he he sent me a message the other day that said uh, that said he um, he's making some big shifts in the new year and uh, and I just uh, I thought that that was it was worthy of a shout out because uh, to me you know I think that that just kind of shows I, I know I'm sure that he listens in part because of you know he knows me um, but you know I, you know I think we're kind of we're, we're reaching people even if they're not. Uh, they're not plant based, and and I want to I want to shout out him as an example to the other people in the community who might be listening and aren't actually plant based, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, welcome. You're you're welcome here. Yeah, I definitely. That's I mean, that's in many ways who we make these for, right? We make them for people who, of course, are are all the way plant based, but uh, but yeah, I think some of the best change that we do without really trying is just uh, that people always like that we are welcoming and approachable, and we don't. We don't, you know, judge or exclude based on not yet fully vegan or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's awesome way to go, Breck. And um, I think, Doug, maybe this is maybe this is arrogant of me, but I think that if someone has listened to this show for a while and then they gradually become vegan, I bet they have a better chance of lasting than uh, than someone who has who just kind of goes up vegan overnight. I think even if, even if you're not gradually transitioning, at least you're, mentally you're transitioning when, when you listen to us. So I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, you're you're mentally opening up, right? Exactly. I think so. Yeah, and probably uh, getting dumber too. Yeah, dumber is that you said? Yeah, I mean, if you listen yeah, after listening to us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of another loyal listener, I want to I want to shout out Kathy A from Mammoth Lakes, California, who uh, who spoke to Matt, Matt Tolman last week, and apparently she's a big fan of the podcast, and I just uh, thought it'd be okay. nice to give her a little shout out. Well, hello, Kathy A. Thank Thanks you for, for listening. Being part of our research project too, we're trying to get to know that's right the nice people who buy compliment and see how we can make it better. Yeah. So what's uh what's what's on your mind? <laughs> um you know what? I've I'm I'm super into fitness recently, which is a, such a nice turn of events because even though last year I was it it was like my comeback year, it it was just this background thing for me and I and that, that's probably why it lasted so long because it never like was this, this all-consuming thing that it used to be back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just such a gradual ease into fitness that uh 
it never felt like too much and I wanted to quit, which is actually my worry now. Like now that I'm at the phase where I'm like just devouring different books and, you know, I've read a couple books in the past few weeks about this stuff, mm. like the CrossFit Endurance Approach and the that Ready to Run book by Kelly Starrett. And I'm just doing all that. I'm doing the mobility at night, uh, one or two workouts each day. I'm just doing a ton of stuff. But uh, of course, you know, knowing my history, that I also know that that's like sometimes foretells the end. Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's not too far off from when I get sick of it all. When, uh, when you're most excited is, is when yeah. you're about to. When you're about exactly. To uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, but no, it's good, and I'm learning a lot. And I'm thinking a whole lot about different types of workouts, and uh, it's just it's been fun. I mean, I'm going to start writing again soon. I think about it. I don't know where or how, but uh, just want to start putting some stuff out there. So two workouts a day. What what does that look like? The days that I have two workouts a day, it's always a running workout followed later in the day by a CrossFit workout. It's called a CrossFit workout. I'm doing it at home. Um, and, and the book that I read, that Unbreakable Runner book by T.J. Murphy, uh, he gives a bunch of sort of, I guess I guess they're CrossFit, CrossFit workouts. They're, they're like, you know, between 7 and 26 minutes long of mm-hmm. mostly just sort of a um, circuit training kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I really, like I said, I have my... Well, I didn't say this yet, but I said I've, I've been thinking a lot about the effectiveness of different types of workouts. And this guy I've been following for so long, the, this Pavel Tsatsulin, the kettlebell guy, mm-hmm. um, he's all into this like anti-glycolytic training, which is where you basically are not producing any lactic acid because he thinks that is, you know, except for every now and then in small doses, that it's just basically poison to your system and it will, you know, get you burnt out, get you, keep you sore, all this stuff. Um and so this whole CrossFit thing is based on only those workouts and sometimes two of those workouts a day. So like I'm trying to, you know, trying to make all this stuff go together and I'm doing kettlebell workouts in place of some of the CrossFit workouts. So that's why I'll, that's why I've just been thinking so much about it. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll have some episodes on it, I'm sure, in the future, especially as I clarify some of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but that's what I've been doing recently. Well, cool. I'm really glad to hear that. That's great. You know, I've been Thank doing... I, we shared a, in a newsletter for Compliment um, the workout that Michael Palm, our, our CMO at Compliment does, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's 15 minutes uh, with two rounds of seven-minute workouts. I, I'm so bad at all these terms. I really don't, I don't know much about it. But, uh, you know, so, so seven minutes, uh, it's two sets of seven minutes where it's 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off, and then okay. a minute yep. rest in between. And you do seven different exercises. Most of them are like body weight or they could be weighted if you want them. Um, but it's just like super high intensity for, you know, like 45 seconds of push-ups or 45 seconds of, of down dog push-ups or handstand or whatever. Yep. Um, and uh, I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks because since, um, since that newsletter went out, I was kind of inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is so hard. It is so, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I'm doing it maybe like three times a week. And it's been yep. great. It's been great, though. Yeah, I like. I've. It's been a long time since I've really been interested in doing those kinds of workouts. And that, I mean, that, to me, that sounds exactly like one of these CrossFit workouts. Okay. Um, very very similar. Uh, I, I I don't know. It feels great. Like those those types of workouts actually are good for hypertrophy because they have these condensed rest periods, and and the lactic acid even contributes. Um, which is nice. So you, you I, I feel like when I've started doing that, I've started already bulking up in just a few weeks of doing some of this stuff. Um, but it's also exactly the type of workout that Pavel is so against, except mm-hmm. for like once a week, maybe. So I was, I was worried you were going to say you're doing them every day or, or more. Um, no. No. so that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Cause all my workouts are, they look like that. 
in different forms and mm-hmm. I don't see how you can possibly do those every day and, and it'd be a good thing but but the whole CrossFit community would would say that it is so <laughs> I don't know yeah you know uh, well so I I have no goals with this I, I don't even know where it's going to go it's just I, uh, I I wrote the little piece about it in the newsletter um, mm-hmm. and then said you know i'm writing about it. i should probably do it and i did it and it was fun and then <laughs> yeah. the next day i did it with uh or two days later i did it with katie and we had fun with that and you know so it's just kind of like this i've just been doing it because it's been nice to do something different yep um and uh but I've, i'm not sure where, where i'll go with it or if it'll stick or anything i really have no goals about it but uh but it's, you know it's just, it's a different type of workout for me because i don't ever do super high intensity stuff like that yeah um, and, and you know i think like one of the conclusions i've come to is that if what you're doing is fun and feels good, um, then it's probably a pretty good choice right now. Uh, I've actually, I saw some research about people comparing like the, the steady state 90% of ventilatory threshold, which is the basically, the, you know, the point when you go from aerobic to anaerobic, I think for most people, it's probably around 70% max heart rate. Um, you know, the easy run pace versus, versus mm-hmm. going beyond like that versus high intensity interval training and looking at which of these are more effective at, at improving different things. Um, and what they found was like, you know, they both have their, their pluses and minuses, but like some of them, like the Tabata workouts, these really tough things, um, short intervals, lots of them, like the, the subjects just didn't enjoy the workout and, and mm. they lost more pe- more participants in the study, just bailed on it because they just hated it. Um, so I, I guess like, I don't know. And even at the end of the study, they concluded like, maybe we should all be focusing less on, which of these things is like the best, you know, in terms of some, some nuance and really just like what, what probably is good is having variety in training so that you're always doing something that is kind of interesting to you and that you don't hate. And I think, I don't know, I think that's really a very true thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of letting that be, make me not stress so much and just thinking like, if this feels fun right now, even if it, even if three weeks from now I'm burnt out from doing so many of these workouts, like that's okay. And then, and then I'll know that these are good, but not, not in that kind of quantity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think as long as you're having fun, I think it's I think it's good. Well, we did it as a family of four the other day, and it was super fun. <laughs> oh yeah, Eliza was super into it. Although she she was making up a lot of her own exercises, kind of <laughs> somewhat based on like what like trying to mimic what we were doing, but uh, <laughs> a lot of like I'm gonna roll like roll around for for uh, for 45 seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and was then Chloe, Chloe more strict, stuck more closely to the protocol. <laughs> Chloe, yeah, our one-year-old uh, stuck a lot more closely to protocol. No, but, but she, you know, she would like. Uh, I was doing jump squats and uh, and watching her try to mimic the jump squat was just was just so funny. It was so good. Uh, so we had a really good time with that, and I think that you know that kind of thing is is uh, it's just a if you can make it fun, like you said, and and have a good time doing it, then it doesn't matter if it was fifteen minutes of that versus forty-five minutes of kind of a lower intensity run or something like that, which one's better? You know, I think whichever one you're going to do is better. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree with that. So, I mean, that kind of segues in fairly well to our, our general theme, uh, which is what we're trying to go for here on this episode of, of longevity and mm-hmm. some, some of the things that we are doing and kind of incorporating into our life uh, uh, that contribute to long-term health and, and longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't necessarily an episode about how to live longer. We've done a couple of those, but some things that we're doing that, um, that maybe will hopefully help us live longer. Yes, exactly. Um, a loose is the right, is the right description for this. Cause it's, we're not trying to stick too close to the longevity principles or anything, but, uh, but yeah, we both have found ourselves 
paying attention to this. It just, it just for me, is like something that, as the years go by, it just becomes something that I, that I think about more, like much more than, for me right now anyway. Still, achieve much more than achieving race goals or fitness goals is is just like making sure that, you know, I I and my family are always kind of, uh, doing practices that are that are just sort of known to be good for long term health. Uh, it just it just become increasingly important and uh and it's to me it's really fun to think about i don't know why i just i mentioned blue zones all the time but it's one of my favorite books it just it's it's about this it paints this really nice picture of what it what a long healthy life looks like and uh i don't know i just find it really inspiring so i like longevity yeah all right want to hear my first thing doug it's a really it's a weird weird new habit Ooh, that's that's the best. I love it. <laughs> I mean, this could this could it, it has to do with sleep, and sleep has to do with longevity. So that's why I'm putting it in the longevity. It could just as easily go into an episode about Matt's crazy sleep idea tricks, hacks, okay. whatever. All right. Should we do before we do that? Should we do a recap of the crazy hacks that you've been trying recently? <laughs> the crazy sleep hacks? Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to really paint a picture know, for. I don't even know what they are. What, there's so many. I, like, there's I, like the have, cooling blanket, right? Um, oh yeah. See, I don't even consider these hacks. These are just standard standard parts of my sleep hygiene now the cooling blanket uh-huh. the blackout curtains yeah you slept the with the window open for a while slept with the window like open the for window, a while in the winter yeah. i don't do that anymore now that i got the cooling bed uh, okay that is don't need to keep the room temperature that low um a weighted blanket invested <laughs> in a nice heavy pillow uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, wait so the cooling blanket goes underneath the blanket no like, wait the weight oh the cool the cooling system uh-huh. That goes underneath the whole sheets. That goes directly on top of the mattress. And, and it, it, it just makes it kind of cold? It makes it exactly as cold as you want it to be. And, and it, you can program it so it changes temperature overnight. So it starts off, I like to fall asleep kind of warm still. But once I'm asleep, the temperature get, dips down to like 63 and then gradually warms as, you know, as the sun begins to come up. But So here's my problem with this. So I know that we're kind of going on a little tangent. but Okay. No, um, longevity. <laughs> I, you know, I love, uh, I love, we, you know, our, we keep our house around 67 or something like that. So it's not, 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 not very cool. Uh, but you know, we often turn the, cool, though. that's kind of cool. cool. It's not, yeah, right. It's not hot or it's not mm-hmm. 70 or 73 or whatever. Um, but then, you know, we turn our fan on at night and so, our, which makes our room even like a ceiling fan, it makes the room even feel even cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a cool, crisp outside air and then getting into some warm, cozy blankets, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, my face, I don't sleep with a shirt on, my face, my arms are, are outside exposed to the cooler okay. temperatures, but, oh man, I'm so cozied up underneath that blanket. And if I, if I had a cold blanket underneath me, it would just be miserable to like get into bed and it was just cold. But you, you didn't listen, Doug. I, get, I go to sleep with it warm. Okay. And only once I'm asleep and not noticing. And the point is that you won't notice because if you if you do notice, and recently I've been waking up too cold at like two or three a.m. So actually, just recently I put the temperature a little bit warmer in the night. Um, but that's what's so key about this particular system, and like compared to their just slightly lower model, where you can't you don't have the app that would control the temperature overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this allows you to fall asleep with with cool bed. So actually, my bed at nine thirty begins getting nice and hot. So that when I get in, it's good and warm. It doesn't until eleven o'clock. Does it? Does it go mm. cool? So it's exactly what what you're looking for. Okay, but you're still wearing blankets, or you're not not wearing blankets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still put a blanket over it. Uh, sometimes they do the weighted blanket. They actually say that putting the blanket over it, it helps to keep the cool in. Mm. Okay. So it helps you maintain the temperature. Uh, and is is uh, is your wife 
same temperature or is she does it does she it like has split? her own thing i actually don't know what she's doing these days with it but uh it's it, for a while it was similar to my my temperature okay all right so weighted blanket cooling that's blanket. called the Uller. that's called Uller. o-o-l-e-r by the way if you're interested in in that i think there are a lot of competitive cooling mattresses out there now so you can look those up but uh, not, not a sponsor no should be though wish they were because it was not cheap, that system. <laughs> um, okay, so I've, so I've got two other sleep. I actually thought of just a different one right now. Um, here's the one I'm doing, which, which kind of trumps all the other ones, <clears throat> puts all the other weirdness to shame because of how weird it is. Um, I have been taping my mouth shut oh my for God. the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I know. That's that's what my wife said when she found out. She didn't. Oh my god. She didn't like it either. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I read about this on, I guess, on Reddit. I think someone had. Uh, oh yeah, that's the place to go for facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. The person, the person cited some books, including Patrick McYown's book, which I think is called The Oxygen Advantage, which I have not read. Um, almost had him on the podcast once. We were ready to, and then I just didn't really follow through. Um. But I think I think he kind of recommends this. That book, um, Body, Mind, and Spirit, which I read and got all into a long time ago. Got, got into the nasal breathing while you're running. Like I think there's real stuff to that. The idea that that if you can breathe with your mouth shut, um, it's a much much higher quality type of breathing. I don't really understand why it is, but babies do it, and once we start to get stressed, and when we're stressed, you know, we start to mouth breathe a lot more. Um, but you know, there's reasons why supposedly it's good it's somehow the the amount of oxygen that reaches your lungs is better or something i don't know or higher mm-hmm. um so I don't know. I, I, you know I, I do i do believe that katie's all about like alternate nostril breathing and different sort of nose breathing techniques yeah. with with yoga yeah. and that seems to like you can feel the effects of it so i i, I I'm, I'm not i'm not saying that this concept <laughs> is uh <laughs> right. is off but taping your mouth man? <laughs> okay so so the idea i guess is that you're not you're not breathing through your, it prevents you from breathing through your mouth at night yeah, exactly. And so, like, and so the guy who wrote about this was saying that, and he showed his aura reading stuff, and it was that his heart rate was now much, not much, somewhat lower in the night, in these nights when he was taping his mouth shut, just because he was nose breathing rather than mouth breathing. And I thought, that's a good thing. I would like my heart rate to be lower at night. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, so, like, what I've noticed a lot of times is when I wake up and my mouth is shut, and I often do notice just because I used to pay attention to this a lot. Um, and I, and I noticed that I have been sleeping with my mouth shut. I just feel like I'm really well rested and it's been a good sleep. So I thought that would be something worth trying. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not hard to, it's just that a lot of times, like I just tend to open my mouth. And so I figured maybe I can sort of train myself to nose breathe again, which for a while I was pretty good at, but now I just tend to open my mouth again. Um, yeah, I just started taping it shut with like, uh, what's it called? Like dressing tape, like the tape they use in a hospital. Uh, it's supposed to be easy on, easy off, but it is not at all. And that's that's the biggest reason why I'm kind of moving away from this or stopping is it's just too it's just too painful in the morning to take it off my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I've not found a good way to like do it. In is a, that in like a bandage minimally... tape? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like it's white, like, it, like... Exa- yeah, and it's supposed to be able to go on and off fairly easily and painlessly, mm-hmm. like if you're frequently changing a, a dressing of an injury or something. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure there's a better tape out there and I just need to find it, but, but that's the worst part of this, but it works. It actually works really fine. Like the first few nights I did it, I woke up at midnight and like frantically took it off because it was like, I don't know. It's just, I just sensed something that was wrong when I woke up and took it off. Um, but after a few nights of that, I was like, this time I'm just going to chill when I wake up in the night, there's no reason to take it off. 
And then I started leaving it on for the whole night. And it was, it was fine. And I sleep with my mouth shut. I did not notice that my heart rate was any better, which was disappointing. Um, but anyway, just been res- messing around with it. <laughs> I'm willing to try anything. Oh, that's one way to to kill a romantic relationship. Yes, uh, right. It's not not ideal for for anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's uh, not maybe not a sustainable thing, or maybe just something you just you know when, once your spouse is asleep, you just, you uh-huh. just quietly put mm-hmm. it on. I don't know. Oh, um, that makes me. That makes me. Laugh. That's a good one, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I know. I, I was going to tell it much earlier, like a couple weeks ago, because because Aaron, she was away. She was still down in Florida with my son with soccer and came home mm-hmm. to me telling her that I was doing this. And I remember she was just like her jaw dropped. Like she just could not believe that I was actually <laughs> doing this. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yes. So you said, you, did you say you had two more? I have, I have one other sleep one and I'll just say it really quickly. Um, so I found, I don't, I don't know how I found it. I found it on Amazon this, it's called Now Tone Therapy System, N-O-W, N dot O dot W dot Tone Therapy System. Uh, it's it's these two like little speakers that just produce these really soothing tones and they do it in some kind of randomized fashion and it uses a whole lot of mathematics um but it's their their whole pitch is that in 3 minutes of just listening to these tones you get the benefits of a 30 minute meditation session hmm. um i don't really buy that but i'm sure there probably are some some things that they have studied and say these are comparable you know effects on your body so i'm sure there's a few little things that that make it comparable i don't believe it is comparable but to me it's just a really nice morning and night habit it's, it takes three minutes you put them both on they're just really nice to listen to it sounds like somebody's ringing those uh whatever they are buddhist bowl things that that mm-hmm. you know um and so and the the a lot of the amazon reviewers talked about it giving them much deeper better sleeps um uh, i've been doing it at nighttime and i actually really like it it is expensive so that's my my warning to you. It's $179 for these two stupid speakers. Hmm. So, uh, I've been doing it and it's, and I've liked it, but n- not too much to focus on there. I, I don't really know if it's working. I just find it pleasant. Well, that, that kind of segues into, into one that I've been doing, which, um, which, I mean, I guess this, this is not a new concept. It's certainly not as cool as, uh, taping your mouth shut or something like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I think that like, as I was getting into, meditation over right getting back into meditation i'm probably in the best place i know i'm in the most consistent place that i've ever been mm-hmm. with it now i kind of started i don't know what three or four months ago six yep. months ago something like that. that started with sam harris right that's right yeah in that 28 day challenge um mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> i'm still tr- i'm still trying to do 10 to 15 minutes like at a like in a carved out time in the morning usually when i come straight to the office um but what I have also been doing, and this is good, is when I'm getting stressed out or when I'm getting overwhelmed or something like that, and this could happen at work, this could happen with the family, um, just anything, is uh, is not not having to, not feeling like meditation or mindfulness or whatever has to be this kind of set thing where you go to a certain place and you listen to something or doing something, um, but like trying to incorporate, you know, literally just 60 seconds of, of some sort of breathing technique or some mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, I don't know, some sort of mindfulness meditation practice uh, into when I need those, when I need those moments. So I I, I do it most probably during work. If I'm just kind of like overwhelmed, there's a lot of things happening or whatever, or I'm kind of stuck and getting frustrated, then, uh, then I'll just sit down and close my eyes and breathe for 
you know, literally 30 or 60 seconds or something like that. And it is, it's amazing how much that can reset you. Hmm. Do you have a, um, like a timer that you're using to do it or you just do it until you feel like that's enough? Um, sometimes I'll do it for a set number of breaths. So like 10 breaths or something like that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, sometimes I'll do the timer, especially if it's a couple minutes, if it's doing like two or three minutes, then I'll Mm -hmm. just, I'll just set a timer and, and do that. But um, yeah, very informal. And that, and that's kind of what's working really well for me is the fact that, you know, I'm still, I'm still doing the more formal stuff or trying to, uh, as much as I can. Um, but incorporating it throughout the day in a very informal way mm-hmm. has had equally as big of an impact, or at least it feels like it in the moment anyway. Right. How long have you been, uh, have you been doing that? Like the informal version? Like how, um, how much time? Probably like regularly, um, yeah. maybe like two weeks, two or three weeks. Okay. Cause, so I've tried little things like that before. I don't think I was the depth that you are into meditation when I did, but I, I don't know. Back in the Zen Habits fanboy days when I was just on, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, would, I, would, I would set this sort of intention. I may even had a, I think I got an app called Mindful Mina that would be like a little phone app that would you know, now and then remind you to do something like this. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't ever make it last though. Like I, I could do it and then like I might set an intention that whenever I get stressed, I'm going to do three deep, mindful breath and i'm just gonna think about my breath for three breaths and that's it somehow like it it goes back to the thing we've always talked about that when the thing you have to do is so small mm-hmm. it, it gets really hard to actually do it because it's such an insignificant thing it's really easy just to forget to do it um or like i feel like i would even do it and like i would get to one or two breaths and then i would just get distracted and get right back to my thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know so i'm just curious how you're making it last or or how you plan to make it last or maybe you don't maybe this is... yeah you know i don't it's just it it's kind of so the 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 struggle for me was to have that be the first thought that you think of when you are stressed mm-hmm. or when something's happening, because, you know, the first, when you're stressed or like you get an email or, or something that triggers you in a way, the first thought is to re- react to it, like respond to it. Um, right. uh, you know, at least that's for me. Uh, and so what, what has been harder for me is not the like finding the benefit or getting distracted or not wanting to do it, but is actually thinking to do it. And uh-huh. so like having, having the, reminder or the trigger you know having that be the trigger for you to take right. a beat and right. and and sit down and, and and kind of just like reset and um and so that's been a lot harder for me and, and oftentimes I'm, I'm finding i'm like oh i should have done that you know instead <laughs> um so yeah that that's the part that that i'm working on the most because it, it has never for me and maybe this is where i am with the meditation the longer meditations or whatever, but, but for me, it's, it's never, I've never regretted or I've never been like, Oh, that wasn't helpful. Cause it always mm-hmm. just feels so good if I can spend 30 or 60 seconds to do that. Yeah. I, I believe that completely. And I'm, and I, I suspect that the, that the key to like what you're saying, that thing about the, uh, this, you need to find this little space between the, the stimulus and the reaction that is your space to be mindful and say this, instead of just reacting, I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the hard part right i've heard so many different mindfulness people talk about that um so i think that's i think probably the the key is if you can just keep doing it you eventually build that habit and eventually you actually change your the way you think and and instead of in stress instead of just going deeper into the stress you instead look for this look for this way out so i think that's great um yeah i'd, I'd love to know if, if, if you make it last because I, I i would love to have that working for me yeah yeah well i'll I'll give you an update on the next one of these. Okay. <laughs> so uh, before we do another one, do you want to tell us who's, who's sponsoring today's episode? 
Yes, let me do that. Pull it up here. All right. Um, today's episode, Doug, is also brought to you by Compliment Plus. Not also, but also. It is. Yeah. Just like this morning, just like the the pre-read. It was. It, it's also <laughs> the mid-roll is also Compliment Plus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the eight critical, hard-to-get nutrients on a plant-based diet, all in one place. Doug, I think we can all agree that the plant-based diet is a nutrient powerhouse, right? Fair Abs- Absolutely. 100% okay. agree. Yep. It's almost nutrients as if you wrote everywhere. this ad. Mm-hmm. You, you believe it so well. Yeah. Yep. But That's right. no matter how great the plant-based diet is for your long-term health, no diet is perfect. Not even, not even paleo or keto, Doug. <laughs> even a well-planned diet can lack a few important nutrients for your health. That's where Compliment Plus comes in. We provide the eight hard-to-get nutrients in science-backed, bioavailable amounts, all in a simple simple black capsule you take daily it includes the nutrients you hear a lot about like vitamin b12 d3 and dha epa the omega-3s but we've also added a handful of nutrients that are technically available through plant foods but most of us just don't get enough of them these are zinc iodine k2 magnesium and selenium that's it everything else you're probably already getting in abundance through plant foods i just remind people like this is this was the problem that i was having to solve when i when i created compliment plus uh, I literally was buying, you know, six or seven different types of different separate, um, vitamins or nutrients or whatever. And I would just take a bunch of them. They'd run out at different times. You'd get different dosages that weren't always ideal. You couldn't trust all the sources for sure. Um, and so we said, there's got to be a better way to do this, to put it all together into one single pill that you can trust. Uh, and that's exactly what we did with Compliment Plus. But, but without all the other stuff that comes in, like, a typical multivitamin, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, of course, you can go get a multivitamin if you wanted to get all these things. Not necessarily the omega-3s, but you can get everything else in a multivitamin. The problem is then you're getting 10,000% of a lot of them, and, and plus all these other things, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, all these things that I think we're already getting plenty of from our food that there's just no reason to, to add in if you're eating a good, healthy, whole food, plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Plus, Doug, some very exciting news. Right now, when you subscribe to Compliment Plus, you unlock 90 days of our new meal planning, nutrition coaching, and community app, Compliment Well. The new app includes four adaptable month-long plans for endurance, strength, weight loss, and longevity, plus one-on-one support from a certified nutritionist and access to our private community. If you have a health or nutrition goal this year, Compliment Well can be the perfect tool to make sure you're successful. Learn about, learn more about Compliment Plus and the new app at lovecompliment.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save an additional $10. That's lovecompliment.com and use no meat to save. All right. You got another one? All right. I do have another one, and then I've got just the sort of mixed bag of things. But uh, but my next one I think you also will find interesting because we have talked at some length about sitting and how sitting is, is the mm. new the new smoking, which I don't know if that, that's true. Um, but I think sitting well is really important um I've, I've been reading a lot i mentioned kelly starred again in that book ready to run he he's just like the anti-sit guy he actually has a whole book called desk bound uh which is all about how to undo the negative effects of sitting through mobility um but really the thing to do is is not sit so much i tried that for a long time i tried the standing desk thing um i um i don't i don't dislike the standing desk it's it's hard for me to do it for a really long time as it is for a lot of people and you can definitely mm-hmm. ease your way into it um, if you get out of the habit, it's kind of hard to get back to it, but you can you can do it. And and the way to do it is, you know, if you especially if you have an adjustable desk, you can actually do it for just a couple hours per day and gradually increase your stamina. But you know, even the standing, like it's possible to stand in a way that's not all that great either. If all your weight's on one leg and it's kind of uh, sure, you know, it's just it's just not as good as moving around. So what I have is is 
also not as good as moving around by any means. But I've been doing a uh, a kneeling chair. Have you, have you seen these, Doug? I have seen them. Yeah, I've never actually I've never seen them in person, but I've seen them on the on the interweb. Yeah, so I I came across it recently, and I thought it was a new thing. And then I remembered that I actually, we had one of these chairs when I was a kid in like the eighties. I feel like like our <laughs> computer chair was was a kneeling chair, and I never huh. could figure out how to do it when I was a kid. I never understood how anybody sat in it. I don't know why my parents <laughs> never explained to me how you're supposed to sit in it, but they didn't. Um, so it's not like it's a new invention, but uh, I just got one a month ago or so. And uh, I have really enjoyed it. I was I was having a bunch of low back pain that I was blaming on kettlebell swings, uh, slash stress, slash possibly my mattress. Um, and it's not disappeared, but it has gotten so much better since I have started with the kneeling chair instead of the hmm. the chair that I was in. Great. No, I was not standing. Right. I'm, I'm sure standing would would probably also eliminate a bunch of low back pain. Um, but what is not good is the traditional sitting. So the kneeling chair I think is an upgrade on that. I have not like dive deep into the research to know how much better because certainly it still feels in some ways like you're sitting and i'm sure it's it's not as good as standing and certainly not as good as walking uh but it's you can definitely just i feel like it it kind of encourages a a more a much better posture encourages me to sit up straight where a a seat generally encourages slouching it's kind of it's kind of like a stool right but then you like tuck your your legs underneath yeah yeah exactly it, just like that, it's like a, it's like a stool with a instead of a footrest, there's a knee rest on the stool. Mm-hmm. And and the, but there's no like back support, right? So you have to kind of you have to sit up. That's right. That's right. There's no back support. Yeah, and I guess that's probably that's sort of the the thing that makes it all work is that there's no back support. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyway, well, cool. um, it has been very good. It's also for some reason it's just easy to stand up out of it now and then, and just I mean, so it, it is with a regular chair too. But for some reason, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe because you can't get quite so. Um, I don't, it's not that you can't get quite so comfortable because it is very comfortable. You, I just you don't get sucked into it the way I do with a chair where I'm just sitting in it for hours without moving. Uh, it just sort of encourages you for me to be moving around more often and standing up now and then. And I don't know. It just I've been very happy with it. It's uh, been surprisingly good. You know, so I, I stand at my desk probably I don't know four or five hours a day, and mm-hmm. um, and you know what I've uh, what I've figured out. Well, okay, let me step back. I probably, the punchline would have been much better had I, had I not said that first. But um, so <laughs> uh, a couple, I don't know, over the last couple months, I've noticed that almost all of my shirts on the left shoulder or net left uh, elbow, I'm getting holes in my, in like where my elbow is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's weird. Like all of my shirts just always the left elbow. They just kept getting these holes and I was like patching them and kind of sewing them. And Katie and I just, I, I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, what is up with my elbow? I kept like looking to see, is it sharp? Like, is there something that's like cutting all my shirts? And I think it's because, uh, I will often, you know, going back to not, not having great posture, even standing, I'll often kind of be leaning on my left elbow unless I'm right. typing, you know, when I'm thinking or reading or, or whatever, I'm like putting all this pressure on my left elbow and uh, and I think it's like cutting into all my shirts. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that's what it is because I I remember doing very similar thing. I don't know if it was always my left elbow, but it probably was because your your hand is other hands on the mouse usually mm-hmm. uh, or on the keyboard. And I think I think I used to also when I was standing more, I would always rest on my mouse hand wrist. Like if you're at a mm. regular mouse computer, mm-hmm. I would rest on the wrist of that hand and still be able to control the mouse, but a lot of weight would be going into the wrist. Uh, and I've actually noticed that with the with this. Uh, kneeling chair as well that like i have this tendency still to put my two wrists on the 
desk in front of me and, and put a lot of weight on there and then have my shoulders go forward, which is certainly not what you want. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good point that like whether you're, no matter how you're sitting, how, what kind of fancy chair you have, or if you're standing, like if you, if you still get into these positions, it's, I don't know. We just have this tendency, I think, to, to move into these terrible positions. Yeah. And, yeah. And stay. Uh-huh. Um, I'm interested in the patching of elbows. Are you wearing like, is this like the visible patching that you're doing? Are you? Yeah. And I'm getting pretty patch? good at it because it's, I've, I've literally patched like seven shirts. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, so I, I started out with these iron on patches that are on the outside, but you can get them in a variety of colors. So I get one that kind of matches. Uh, but then I was like, you know, I can upgrade on this and I've been sewing some over the, over the, mm-hmm. over the, and they actually, you know, I, I don't mind it. It's like, you know, cause it's a lot of like flannel or like plaid shirts. Um, and so it kind of adds a little character to it. So it always patch on the outside then. On the outside. Yeah. If you do it on the inside. So at first I started trying to do it on the inside cause I was just like getting random fabric. Mm-hmm. trying to do on the inside but then you still see like the frayedness and and that's not quite the look i'm going for i know that's in for certain things but uh mm. okay I, I prefer a clean patch that maybe mm-hmm. isn't the right pa- fabric than uh than uh than the frayedness but uh i'm wearing one right now actually uh <laughs> yesterday was my my birthday and and i got a couple new shirts and they actually came pre-patched so i'm nice <laughs> nice nice elbow nice clean beautiful elbow patches on that pre-patch on just elbow or both elbows just left uh, elbow <laughs> yeah on both i don't know if you can buy just like left elbow patch shirts but yeah yeah just uh you know they've uh, they're nice um like one of the one i'm wearing right now is a patagonia shirt that i'm just put like some extra reinforcement on the elbows so yeah okay yeah has anybody ever noticed uh, all the left elbow patches. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I had a friend call me out on the other day. He's like, this is the third time I've noticed that you're wearing a shirt with a left elbow patch. <laughs> is that like a trend thing you're, you're going for? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, my shirts are falling apart. <laughs> that is funny. You know, I get a lot of holes, and my wife does too, Aaron. And mm-hmm. I've, I think it's car seatbelt. I don't really know. But like down like under the navel, like an inch or two, below hmm. that i always get like four or six little holes in my shirts and so does aaron and i've never really quite known what it, I, I have to assume it's a car seatbelt doing it but i just you don't get that though no i've never gotten that never. okay i thought maybe you would and <laughs> then never mind yeah uh, but yes it does happen all the time <laughs> do you patch it what do you do no do not ever patch just get a, get rid of the t-shirt like a normal person <laughs> decide that shirt is done if it has a hole in it yeah. I did. I actually patched a, a t-shirt the other day. It's one of my favorite t-shirts that I ripped on a fence. I can understand the temptation to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to get rid of a really good t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what, what else you got for longevity, Doug? Okay. I got, I got one that... Um, so... I, I don't know. I don't know how exciting this will be for people, but it's been exciting for me. Okay. Uh, my eldest daughter is five now. And, you know, I think that as you're growing up or as you're raising a kid, um, you know, you're always teaching them, right? You're teaching them everything, manners or how to do anything, right? But what I've realized is that for the first at least three years, you're basically just teaching them how to function. You're not really teaching them any, like, like a deep dive in any sort of skill kind of thing. Yep. Um, And so I've been trying to be a lot more intentional with, with Eliza about, like, us really kind of, like, sitting down for an hour or more and just really trying to create something together or like fix something or, um, you know, she's into jewelry making. So we've been, you know, it's, it's just, it's very basic kind of like, 
kid jewelry. I don't even know what you call it. It's like with these rubber bands that you fold over them and twist mm-hmm. it around. But, you know, like really trying to hone in a skill or like, we, you know, we've been building things in, in, the, in my little workshop, uh, some more birdhouses for the springtime, you know, so like really trying to like focus in on teaching her things and it's mm-hmm. teaching me things and, and it's, uh, and what, what is, what the reason it's coming back to longevity for me is that it feels, it feels very like, you know, community and purpose and stuff is very important for, uh, for overall happiness and longevity. And, uh, and it's, it's amazing how fulfilling this is when we're like, not when we're actually doing something for a prolonged time together and we're, we're learning how to do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that is really interesting, actually. I think, uh, I mean, I can see why, I can see why that is, to you, seems like a longevity activity, for sure. I think, mm-hmm. I think that kind of fulfillment and purpose and all that is like, you know, I don't know, it's hard to get, it's hard to find a lot of those things. Um, they're rare, I think. And especially in, you know, in how we all sort of live by default, like the default parenting basically is, is make it so your kids are as little, as least annoying as possible. <laughs> and, right, and like, so uh-huh. that you can keep doing your thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what you're saying is, is obviously so important. I think for different parents, it shows up in different ways, obviously. Um, yeah, I like this. So like we, th- this definitely is something that I think I used to do a lot more of. I think I used to do a lot more of this until we started homeschooling. Mm. And homeschooling has kind of ruined it in in some ways. Like it's, because it, it has made like learning at home become not this thing that is interesting anymore, but rather now this thing that like, let's get it done really fast so that we can go on back to our normal activities. Sure. Basically, it becomes the kids making the parents be as least annoying as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so they just want to get done with being taught anything so they can get back to normal life. Uh-huh. Um, but I think this is, I think it's really good. I think it's a great thing. And uh, Yeah. And and I guess, you know, so the stuff that we've been working on is not necessarily like like learning history or learning yeah, about dinosaurs sure. or something like that. You know, uh, you know and, she, and she's into that kind of stuff too, but like we've been having a lot more fun and we've been able to do it a lot longer. You know, her attention span is, is still, you can only still do 10 minutes of, of, a, of learning about dinosaurs or whatever before mm-hmm. she starts creating her own game about dinosaurs. You know, but, but, but we can, we can sit and we can make jewelry together for an yeah. hour or we can work on this birdhouse and she can get really into helping me cut and measure and do all that stuff for, for an hour, you know, and, and now we have a ton of birdhouses that we don't need, but, you know, but like, like, you know, it's just, it's just kind of fun, right? That is fun. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I've got to that is, is uh, cooking. I do a lot of cooking mm, with my daughter. Yeah, and, yeah that's and a great example. That is very much sort of a teaching thing. Uh, yeah. And, and definitely, you probably noticed this, but like, there's such a strong urge to just do it yourself and oh, just yeah. teach, the, just do it, have them get out of the way so you can just show them instead of having them do it their own way which is going to be worse and it's going to not look as nice and it's going to take way longer uh but that that's such a like having kids learn the skill of independence to me is like at least based on the books that i've read and based on my own experience it's like one of the most under i don't don't know if underparented is the right word but like people just don't focus on it like it it just it's just i think kids people just do things for their kids all the time Mm -hmm. instead of instead of letting them do stuff on their own or they answer questions for their kid when someone else asks a question of the kid uh, a lot of stuff. So I think I think independence is a, a wonderful skill to teach. All right, rapid fire. You got some for me? Rapid fire. Yep. Um, so the the 
I've so I mentioned twice now that I've read this Ready to Run book, and I would highly recommend it. By the way, it's it's like twelve, uh, basically twelve. Uh, what's the word? It, it's like a checklist, basically. There's twelve pillars or twelve uh, checkpoints, basically, that he says you need to make sure you can fulfill all these things um, before you can know that as a runner, you're, you know, I guess I guess you're not you're not just basically digging your own grave as a runner, right? You're not just you're not just having some form fault and just. Do, getting worse and worse and then you know all this running that you thought was good is actually injuring you um so he has like these 12 different things four of them and i was actually really pleased to see that i any of them that were like physical kind of challenges like hip hip uh, extension or hip flexion you know things and like i could do all the things i didn't have any major structural form issues that need correction but the four things were like lifestyle kind of related things and i've been doing all of them and i really like how they feel they were all really quick wins just to add to a routine none of them took like a like i said none of them took some extended rehab period um but here they are and i i said you know i think they're longevity because i think we obviously agree that that movement and fitness Mm -hmm. is part of longevity and if you can do things that make that more effective or like i said less likely to be causing a chronic injury um that's obviously a a big win so his four like lifestyle pillars is my name for them um was running flat shoes, which, by the way, like the minimalist, you, you know this, Doug, but I didn't. The minimalist movement like went out in grand fashion when people started getting hurt. When all the, all the, uh-huh. you know. And so now, when you go to a running store now, which I have done a couple times recently, and you ask about that, like, it it seems like everyone, it seems like the running store industry just loves that the minimalist thing went away and <laughs> loves that people were getting hurt in minimalist shoes, because now they they will like. The people I've talked to, like they, they just dismiss it, just as if it, as if it has no more credibility whatsoever, and no reason to try to keep incorporating some of that. These ideas about zero drop that they've gone away and they didn't, they didn't make sense anyway. Um, anyway, so, so that's that. I find that interesting because I was about to say something kind of opposite of that. Oh yeah, um, okay. Which what? not, not that the minimalist movement has gone away, but that, uh, that it has refined itself significantly. So like the barefoot, well, definitely done that. The barefoot stuff has has. You know, it's largely out of the conversation in like running in sandals and and running yeah. in you know super thin uh, shoes and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you don't you just don't see people talk about that nearly as much. But some of the stuff has had staying power. I mean, Ultra is a huge shoe brand now, especially in the trail running world. Yeah, uh, and they're they're zero drop and they're foot shaped. You know, so uh, wide toe box kind of thing. But then there's other other companies, Topo Athletics, uh, which is my go to shoe right now. Um, they're like two to two to four millimeter drop i think they have some that are zero drop too but like you know just very very little drop and it's the same Uh idea wide toe box they just have a little bit of variety they're not in the box of zero drop kind of thing and i think that that type of i think that some of that stuff has had some staying power and has had an impact on even the bigger brands nike new balance that kind of thing interesting yeah that that is not the experience that i've had there but you know much better than i do about what these are. I mean, my impression was when they showed me a pair of Hocus, I just assumed it's going to be an enormous drop and, and of course, has yeah. this huge stack height. Um, and then they showed me the Saucony has the same type of shoe, this huge with like the big rocker, whatever it is, the thing where it pushes you onto your toe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Just very artificial feeling, but it also, in a way, feels good. And, and it seems like top runners are using this stuff. And it seems like, like with that Nike Breaking 2 project, like, right. you know, that that shoe isn't like a barefoot shoe at all. <laughs> no. no, I guess I should clarify. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, all the like new speed technology with the carbon plates in there and the mm-hmm. the breaking two shoes, uh, you know, all that stuff um, is is the exact opposite. Massive stack heights, 
or, or massive uh, drop differences, heel to toe mm-hmm. drop, and uh, and just kind of all this technology beneath your foot that uh, is very <laughs> opposite of the minimalist stuff. But you know, I think that that is that's uh, all about kind of speed and and you know uh, efficiency in a way that um, maybe you know, the ultra running and trail running, you don't need as much. And, and because right. of the variation in, 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 um, terrain that it, it'll be a lot less effective. Uh-huh. So, so maybe in know. the, maybe in the ultra running world, the, the minimalist philosophy has kind of stayed mm-hmm. in, in the way you said. Refined. refined yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Refined some of these. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so anyway, the, the book, uh, this book was written in, in 2014 or something. So it was at the height of that movement for sure um and so i was i was as i was reading i was thinking would he still have these same ideas today or was that just kind of a product of the the you know the landscape of this running world then um and i don't know the answer to that but i i i don't know i just i just believe it enough that i think when we're talking about movement and we're talking about having your body work the way it's meant to work um and we talk about making sure that your habits are things that aren't going to push you in the direction of injury over time because it's something that's that's not how we're meant to move. I don't know. To me, the, the barefoot thing still makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, anyway, I ended up buying a pair of, of Ultras, and I don't know what... It, um, it's not the Ricardo, I don't think. <laughs> um, it's it's an R, and it's and it's like their... It's like not their most minimal shoe, but it's their next one up. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, got a pair of flat shoes. That was that was goal number one. Um, side note, I've been doing the... Uh, I've been doing the pose running thing. You know about that? Oh, yeah. Of course you do. Everybody uh-huh. knows about pose. Mm-hmm. that's another thing that I think sort of became refined and now there's a lot of running form tips that involve some of the elements of pose and some of the elements from other things um, in sort of a, a fairly simple system but I've been actually reading the book going through the drills doing all this stuff it's it's because of the CrossFit endurance people are all about it um, so anyway I've been doing that and the, the zero drop shoe was also necessary for that um, but to go more quickly through the rest of these little lifestyle changes Buy compression socks. I had not been doing that forever. Kelly Start, he says it's it's debatable whether they actually help you while you are racing uh, or training, but it is not debatable whether they help you in the recovery process. So he says wear them after every workout. Um, so I'm doing that. Hydration, he says that if you don't get some small amount of electrolytes in your water and you're not drinking your water with food, so if you're just drinking water as part of a workout or just throughout the day, that you are not absorbing very much of it at all unless you're putting electrolytes in there. So that was new to me, although I had actually just recently heard that information. Um, I and, and he actually backs it up. He says if you, you can you can apparently order some some tests, and just because your urine is clear does not mean that you are necessarily hydrated. It's quite possible for water to kind of go right through you, um, and you absorb very little of it. So I've been doing that. It comes for me with the concern. I don't like I, I eat enough salt on my food because I love how salt tastes that it's just one of those things that I try to monitor and try to watch out for. So when I look at these packs of element or whatever, and it's a thousand grams of, or a thousand milligrams of sodium, um, I just don't want to add that much to my, to my diet on a daily basis. It's just too much for me. Um, so I, I sprinkle in little bits here and there. So I'm trying to kind of moderate, but what I need is a, is an electrolyte product that has lower sodium, more potassium. Um, so I can keep doing this, but I've been doing it and it's, and it's good. And finally, uh, warming up and cooling down. He's he's really into that stuff. And honestly, I just I just never ever warmed up as a runner. I just always said, well, my first first mile will be the warm up mile, and then 
that I'm in. But it's much more of a, about like activating all these different muscle groups and getting yourself, getting your heart rate up so that by the time you begin any kind of an interval workout, um, you know, you're already sweating basically. And, and you've not just run to build that sweat up, but you actually done a bunch of stuff to, to get all the muscles activated and get your movement, uh, to be right. So anyway, those are, none of those are really longevity tips, but they're related to fitness. Um, I guess more specifically, they're all related to the way I am going about running now, which is I'm trying to treat running as like the ability to run far as a byproduct of general fitness. And if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to be able to run far without logging a lot of miles, then I feel like I need to make sure that the form and my movement and the activation of muscles and all these things are really good. And I'm, that's where I'm putting all my energy instead of you know putting it into getting through lots and lots of miles. So remains to be seen how that experiment will go, but... Uh, but it certainly has, has gotten me excited about stuff again. I like it. That's great. Good. All right. How about you, Doug? Any more uh, any more longevity hacks no, for us? You know, I had a couple listed, but I think that we should, I should uh, just kind of mention some of them throughout other episodes. So, All right. I'm good. All right. Good. Then we've succeeded in another episode. <laughs> we, we have created another episode. This is... <laughs> I on accounting according to my count, three ninety nine. So that would be next next week is four hundred. Wait, somebody just congratulated me on four hundred episodes. I know, which I don't know where they got that. Um, <laughs> I, I saw that too. I don't know where they got that number. So uh, either either my count is off by a couple episodes, or uh, or some the, you know some other count exists out there. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know we're approaching four hundred episodes, which is pretty amazing. I was talking about somebody about this the other day. They were like. You guys have to be running out of stuff to talk about, and and honestly, <laughs> we we are we have been. That's why we're revisiting a lot of topics and kind of trying new things to uh, spark conversation. So, um, but you know, hopefully, people are enjoying this type of thing, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll just see what happens in in between four hundred and five hundred. Yeah, that is a, it is a lot of episodes, no doubt about it. It's a lot of hours if you, if one were to try to listen to all of that. I mean, soon we're going to be up to the point where you can you could spend several months without sleeping of just listening to this. Yeah. I don't know. We shouldn't do that, obviously. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's just amazing. We could, we, could have a, little... we could have a live stream where we just replay all the episodes on a loop. That'd be good. Uh-huh. That'd be great. Just leave it on all the time. Do you know You know what's funny is that uh, my wife Katie has been uh, in the intro and my friend Kareem has, and, and Aaron have been in the intro for 370 of these 400 episodes, probably, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I didn't even know we still use the intro. I thought I thought that was I thought we did oh, stop yeah. that after about a hundred. No, no, it still says Hi, I'm Katie. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Cream. Hi, oh, I'm Aaron from it's Washington DC, and you're listening so to No Meat Athlete Radio. It's funny. Yeah, maybe I, we should... I never ever listen to the final episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to because I I still yeah, edit I, I still edit them after all these years. Yeah, I know. Hey, speaking of streaks, um, my wife Erin just hit 600 straight days of running, which, uh, which wow. I find amazing. That is incredible. That is a long <laughs> it, it time. It is incredible. I know it is. It's, and it's become just like, like, we're at this point now where she it's just part of her day. She just does it all the time, no matter obviously, no matter what. Um, but she does it first thing, so often I just sleep right through it and don't even see it. <laughs> um, and so like, I feel like the time since it was at 400 is like just past like nothing. Like It, it seems like it's no more effort anymore for me because I just sleep through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is amazing, and I when I, I'm like, wow, she's been in there for, for two years almost. Uh, not quite, but but getting there. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling she's going to get 1,000 to be my guess. 
But I don't know. But that it's is amazing. awesome. Congratulate her for me. That is that is really cool. I will. Yes, I'm I'm amazed too. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sounds good. We'll see Thank you next you, everyone. Time. Talk to you soon.